we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 23rd, 2019. Next report, and we're shifting gears here, uh, California Senate passes resolution ACR-99, telling Christian pastors to stop preaching against the LGBTQ plus P movement, P standing for pedophile, ideology, and embrace it even if doing so violates their Christian beliefs. So, <clears throat> this is the, going to become, unfortunately, more the new normal as the church continues to lay down and capitulate and give in and cave in. This is what we should expect a whole lot more of, for the most part, because the 501c3 church doesn't want to lose their tax-exempt status or subsidies by speaking out against this type of of wickedness or if they do it's going to be more of a whimper it's going to be more of a, a window dressing effort typically I'm not saying all aspects but most because if most of the aspects were aligned against this of even the 501c3 corporate church they could stop this <clears throat> this starts out by saying one of the most amazing things about watching the democratic primaries is listening to all the demon-possessed democrats talking about how important god is in their daily lives, open homosexual Pete Buttigieg talks incessantly about his Roman Catholic light Episcopal faith. The same faith that tells him that God has blessed his same-sex union with his husband. Isn't that wonderful? My point is, is that biblical Christianity is considered hate speech in 2020. And it is being replaced by your bring your own god ideology that tells you to live any way and every way that you want that your black little heart desires and he posts a bible verse here acts 20 24 uh but none of these things move me neither count i my life dear unto myself so that i might finish my course with joy in the ministry which i have received of the lord jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of god the California Senate just passed ACR-99, a resolution we told you about a few months ago, and there's a link to this report from the this ministry, and now it is state law in California. The old sin-cursed world is no longer going to allow pastors, evangelists, and street preachers to continue preaching the gospel of grace openly. It needs to shut that down to make room for the end-time religion of Antichrist who is getting ready to make his big debut. ACR-99 sets the stage to criminalize Bible preaching, and it is not just the liberals and atheists who are welcoming the LGBTQ plus P pedophile movement. It's also Baptist pastors. And I think at the end there, they give a little excerpt on that part. Uh, Christian, and not all Baptists, obviously, but some. Christian, you better be really, really sure about what you believe about the Bible because you're about to be tested. This is from CBN News, um, Christian Broadcasting Network, I believe. Assembly Concurrent Resolution 99, also known as ACR-99, was introduced by Democratic State Assemblyman Evan Lowe of San Jose on June 4th as a way to gather support for the LGBTQ identity and behaviors. CBN News reported that more than two dozen doctors, counselors, and other former homosexuals, yes, once if, if you get saved and God delivers you from those demons, you're not a homosexual anymore. That's what it's all about. That's what homosexuality is. Now, I understand, yes, 
could you have somebody with um, that's been feminized through all the ways they're trying to lower testosterone and feminize men with all the xenoestrogens and all these different products that we put on our body and we take in and things of this nature. There's just so many things that are estrogenic, estrogen that feminize men. Beer is one of the greatest. Beer has hops as its main ingredient. And hops is so estrogenic that if it was well known, like in Germany, if the girls, um, like in earlier times when they would go out and pick the hops by hand that if the girls touched the hops they would go into um puberty much quicker because of all the estrogen in the hops and here's it's portrayed as you know the man's drink well it gives you female breasts and um i'm sorry it's called gynecomastia if as a man if you drink you know enough of it and uh <clears throat> feminizes you and increases your estrogen so hey what's not the like uh it's probably why it's pushed so hard in in the manly manly culture of you know sports and things of this nature and um so anyway uh and i've done whole teachings on this on low testosterone man and then they're trying to create ultra low testosterone uh and ultra high estrogen in men which will feminize a man which obviously will you know even if there were no demonic component to that, uh, that would probably be enough for a lot of men just to a bare minimum just be gelded acting where they didn't really have much of a backbone to do much. And maybe they're still attracted to women, but it's very minimal type of thing. Okay, so I'm just telling you physiological facts here regarding estrogen and testosterone. And I've covered these in a lot of previous studies. So I've got a whole file on that actually. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's see here. Anyway, the we they previously reported that two dozen doctors, counselors, former homosexuals, and other Christian leaders signed a letter condemning the resolution. They said that it violates religion free, religious freedom. The resolution also condemns counseling for unwanted same-sex attraction. So if somebody doesn't want to be attracted to another sex, no, you can't have that counseling. No, you 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 have to be, you know, a homosexual. You have to be attracted to other men or other women to women. You know. Um, so the resolution condemns that. I don't know if it bans it, but I, I would imagine it does. So the, it also condemns um, counseling for gender confusion, known as um, which is known as conversion therapy. So that, that won't be permitted now. The bill says California law recognizes that performing conversion therapy on young persons is ineffective unethical and harmful which is all lies from the pit of hell but you know what does that matter conversion therapy has been rejected as ineffective unethical and harmful by leading medical and mental health and child welfare organizations in the united states so uh, the the medical the mental health and child welfare which are all literally on satan's team all doing satan's bidding all in, they're going to give us a morality lesson those those wicked evil factions of society now, i'm not saying every faction of that is wicked and evil i'm not saying all the people in it are wicked and evil but i'm saying that the people at the top and the people that are bringing down legislation and in in training these people obviously there's a satanic agenda there several christian leaders are speaking out against the resolution saying it infringes upon their free right of religion russell willingham executive director of new creation ministries told cbn news quote i believe that acr-99 sets the stage for future laws that will criminalize 
pastor caregivers like me who provide such a resource, resources that offer an option for those who don't want what the state is telling them that they must accept. Here's a little graphic here. It says LGBTQ, welcoming congregation, the falling away. I saw this thing yesterday in, in where I'm at right here. It was a, in the paper, the, the online paper. Um, Hickory Daily Record. And uh, every once in a while I check it. I just don't have time very much. Sometimes it's like once a month. But, you know, it's good to know what's going on in your area. I, I, I opened it up and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They were having a... Uh, some kind of little gay parade on the uh, grounds of Lenore Rhine, I believe, University. <clears throat> Liberal. <laughs> Supposedly, you know, a Christian college where we're at. And the thing that struck, and they had their drag queens there, and they were dancing. You know, I, I love the drag queens, too, that are, that are really big, uh, overweight, hairy men in the dresses. And they have full beards. Th those are my favorite. I mean, personally, I mean, they're, they're you know, kind of my favorite. Obviously, I'm. I'm being sarcastic, but I mean, they, it's like, wow, yeah, that's a, that's a good look for you. you. I mean, and you're pulling it off too. You really, you know, it works for you. It really does. I mean, these people are so demon possessed of the toenails and then it was just picture after picture of just, you know, lesbians and gays and, and, you know, all of their shoving it down your throat and then marching around and, and virtue signaling and all this garbage. And then, um, then I saw all the churches that were marching in this little pathetic kind of parade. I think they like marched around the courtyard or something. It wasn't like it was like they said it was the shortest gay parade ever or something, which I'm glad. I mean, but as far as it not being like citywide, but um, they, uh, I think at least three churches had banners. At least I don't. I was getting so nauseated, I, I didn't look at all the pictures, I don't think, but, you know, and this is in, you know, supposedly conservative part of North Carolina that, you know, this is going on here. Absolute, total, sickening behavior by the so-called church, but it's the apostate Laodicean church of Revelation 3. They're neither hot and or cold well actually they kind of they kind of are cold they're they, these people are the ones that are marching the gay parades they they are cold but god said he'd rather you be that way he'd rather you be one way or another other than lukewarm so i guess you know hey if you're gonna if you're gonna go all the way go ahead and do it just just go over into satan's camp and don't don't uh don't put on some kind of facade that you're still christian though of course they are though because they still call themselves christian we're this church we're just more tolerant of wickedness and evil and all the things these the bible condemns even in the new testament regarding homosexuality um and we're going to glory glory in our shame this is exactly what the, they're doing it was what the bible talks about they're glorying in their shame like a dog that returns to its own vomit that's what they do they love evil they love their father the devil and of his works they will do and so you know at, at least they're at least they've, they've come out of the closet and you know they're fully on board with this wickedness um you know i guess it's better than being lukewarm i don't know uh, i don't know it's so it's so wicked i mean i can't even believe what i'm even reporting on on a week-to-week -week basis now the stuff that comes across 
in my inbox and that I research online. It's unbelievable. So, um, let's see here. We've, we've, we have actual patients and clients who have benefited from therapy to help them with their unwanted attractions. We've helped them change their lives. Now, honestly, like I said, I think the only way to really do it is through the Lord Jesus Christ, through them getting saved. And also, if they've got ultra-low testosterone and ultra-high estrogen, correcting that as well. It's more of a combo effort. Now, granted, obviously, if there's a demonic component, that's what's going to overrule everything. But let's say you got they got delivered, or I'm sorry, they let's say they went to conversion therapy and let's say they even got delivered. But their estrogen was still off the scale and their testosterone was like 50 or something really low well i'm glad the demons are gone and that's awesome and it's the most important point by far not saying it's not but your hormones are still all out of whack and that would need to be addressed as well and i don't and personally i don't like going that the trt route and the in the steroids route and all the other stuff because what you create there is called a negative feedback loop. So if you give a man TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, which is very, very common now, um, guess what? What's going to happen when like the lights go out and, and things go dark and you can't get your TRT anymore? Wouldn't it be better to try to get your own body to pull these things back into alignment? And it can be done. Gotta have a clean liver to do it though. This is for women too. Start at the liver. Hormones are processed in the liver. Gotta have a high enough cholesterol because all the hormones are made from cholesterol. Oh, could that be why they're trying to lower it all the time? Because it's the, the sterol part of cholesterol is the backbone for all hormones that are made in the body. And if the liver's not clean, it can't process them anyway. So you gotta have a clean liver and gall. That's why you hear me talk so much about liver and gallbladder because that's kind of like your foundation clean colon fully functioning kidneys i mean toxicity can be body-wide obviously it's not just you know but I, I i'm just saying there's a lot that goes on in in the the liver in particular regarding the hormonal actions and you know i put them on my like if it if it were if they were like under of course i don't i can't take any um patients and things of this anymore i sell the nutritional products and the supplements but i can't take on patients there's just no way way too overwhelmed but if i was working let's say with the pastor and they did the, the, the deliverance because you you know there's always some big gigantic demonic component there with usually people that are gay have been molested by a same-sex partner at an early age it's an incredibly high or maybe they had a generational curse okay so, okay. so let's say that's addressed. Then you also address the nutritional side. And what I would do just off the cuff, I'm not going to go into this in depth, cleanse the liver. And then in like a guy's case, I would put them on, uh, I don't know, I have a product called Testogain and then another one called Cytozyme Orchic, which is for the testicles. And both of those would help raise testosterone. Okay. Now, if their estrogen was super high, I put them on a product called EstroQuench that I have also. It's like a, same product line as the testo game you do that and you do the see i'm a big i'm a big you're only as strong as your weakest link type of person and god showed me a lot of stuff and i realized that a lot of stuff's interrelated i mean we're body soul and spirit and if let's say our body our, our soul and our spirit are, are hitting on all eight cylinders but our body's you know hitting on two cylinders 
meaning your body's a wreck. Well, then that's going to limit what you're going to do for God. So that's just something to think about. Like, and with a woman, I do the same thing. If her hormones were all messed up, I'd, you know, make sure the liver and the gallbladder, you know, colon's clean, bare minimum, and then put them on the right products. Sometimes they don't have enough estrogen. I have one called Estromend for that. Not Estroquench, but Estromend. And then, what's, let's say the progesterone's too low. We'll put them on Progestomend. Got that one. And, um, you know, that's, what, that's how I would approach things. Because you're going to... It's a big combination effort. But the thing is, is that deliverance is never, ever hardly done in conjunction with what i just said i don't know anybody that does it um any deliverance ministers so there can be in other words yes there can be chemical imbalances in the body that are separate from the demonic component that i do believe should be addressed and can be addressed with targeted uh supplementation i use the clinical nutritional lines that i've been taught in but i mean not to say you can't go you know, to the health food store and, and put something together that way as well. It's just that, you know, you know what you're doing to do it. Because it's just not, it's not something that a lot of people are aware of. There's other factors involved as well. But that's just in, in a nutshell. That's how I would approach it if ideally if all things were considered. And I mean, again, and I'm kind of keeping it super simple. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. I wasn't planning on mentioning that, but it just... It's, it's appropriate. Uh, so going back to this, the resolution also seeks to reduce the stigma that society, therapists, and religious groups allegedly inflict upon those within the LGBT. Oh, okay, yeah, right, right, yeah. They're, they're, they're getting more power and by the day, but it's just, you know, it's never enough. And what, what's the logical conclusion to giving the LGBT pedophile community all these laws and all this power and what is the logical end conclusion where does that end how does that end well it ends with the eradication of all christianity which is the stated goal of the lgbt movement i just saw that again the other day that's their stated main goal it's the eradication of all Christ christianity well what what would that also mean well also the eradication of all christians either you convert or die it's going to be like islam well, where, where, how could you say that? Well, what were Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, it pretty much sounded like it had gotten so bad there that you know, you do it our way. You you let us, you let the men of Sodom sodomize these what they thought to be good-looking men. They were angels, or or nothing. In other words, when you let the LGBT movement go to its logical conclusion it will always end up in them forcing themselves on the populace in order to you know inflict their perverse perverted sexuality in a rape format onto society that's where it will always end and it will always end ultimately end with the children as well because they'll do they'll do that to the children i mean it had gotten so bad there, God had to rain down fire and brimstone. He had to hit the reset button, essentially, for that whole area because it was so wicked and evil. And even though the angels blinded them, they still groped at the door to try to find them, even though they were blinded. You'd think they'd have, you know, maybe um, 
once they were blinded, they kind of you know, maybe snap out of it, sober up, and, and kind of, uh, you know, get their, uh, you know, no, no. So that's how bad if you let that society just go unfettered, which is where we're moving, that is the logical conclusion. The eradication of all righteous people, okay, in particular Christians, and Christianity, and the imposition of them being able to forcibly rape whoever they want, whenever they want. That's where this movement ends. That's where, that's the end game, okay? Because Satan will never give, get enough. And the most purest representation of satanic values on planet Earth are the LGBT movement, which is also typically commingled with the pedophiles. And that's why they've got the, the P on there now. And an unbelievably disproportionate number of people that are Satanists and occultists are also in that movement. Why? Because they're all demon-possessed. Birds of a feather flock together. They're on team evil. Why, why do Muslims rape little, little boys and think it's nothing in like Pakistan? They have their little chai tea boys and, the, and the, their batza boys or whatever they're called. Baka, whatever, boy play thing. Bakabazi, boy play. Yeah, in Afghanistan and Pakistan. It's just part of their culture. They don't think anything of it. You know, the dancing boys of Afghanistan. Look that up. That is some really sick stuff. Dressing up a little boy in a dress and having him dance around, have, you know, 50 drooling, demon-possessed Muslims drooling over who's going to take the kid home at the end of the night and own him and use him as a sex slave. Yeah, well, you know, that's... <laughs> That's just par for the course. You know, raping babies, stuff like that, goats, camels, you know. Well, Islam is on team evil. And it always ends up with defiling the children. So, we're going to get into that a little bit more later. Um, so, I just like to really give my listeners what I believe my version of the unvarnished truth. I believe it's God's version. I think that you can clearly play this out in the Bible. That I can prove this biblically. This is what happens when a society gets this way. And this is why in Leviticus, God said that when you know a woman lied with a beast or when you sacrificed your child or when a man was with a man, you took him out and you killed them or, or a witch. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. You took them out and killed them because then you cleansed the land of the innocent blood and also that sinful person. And you remove the curse off the land. Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to do that now. I don't see any New Testament mandate to do that. But I'm telling you, there are examples in the Old Testament of why they did these things. And it wasn't because God was trying to be, like, um, mean or whatever. God just knew that if this started entering into a society, a little leaven leavened at the whole lump, and it was going to permeate throughout all of society and defile humanity and defile the land. If the, if the blood of one innocent person, Abel, cried out from the land, then what about the blood of, you know, billions of babies that have been aborted worldwide? What about the blood of all the babies that are being aborted with the, um, I just saw another thing yesterday, that the, uh, the abortion pills. I mean, how, how unbelievably high that use is. I mean, it's the ultimate convenience for, for somebody that, you know, wants to kill their baby and really not even have to go to the whatever. What about all the babies being aborted through birth control? The pill, the patch, IUDs. Those are all 
especially IUDs, those are all potentially abortifactive. Every one of them. They don't tell you that when you get them, but they are if you actually research it. So what about the blood of billions? And then all the babies that are sacrificed and all the children that are sacrificed. And I was just talking about that last week, I, I believe. It was like 8 million per year, is it? Worldwide go missing? I, I can't even fathom how God must think about that I, I i don't even want to even go there in my mind it's 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 impossible to wrap my head around how angry he has to be about that so um <laughs> going back to this report acr-99 proclaims that stigmatizing has caused disproportionately high rates of suicide okay yeah because the Christians are causing the LGBT to kill themselves. Because we're we're out there pointing the finger at them and shaming them. They're, you know, the the whole LGBT movement is more accepted in today's day and age. It's like a dream world. I mean, L, the, it, people from Sodom and Gomorrah, you could transplant them here, and they'd be you know blowing those the, the having the party hats on and the streamers and blowing the little party horns and stuff. They'd love they'd love it in America and in a lot of other places. Please, disproportionately high rates of suicide, attempted suicide, depression, reject. So see, they're blaming all that collectively on, essentially on Christians, I really believe. Because Christianity is, it takes a very, very hard stance. Now you could say Islam, but yeah, but Islam's raping little boys and little girls and, and stuff like that. I mean, the little girls, I understand it's, it's opposite, it's disgusting, but you know, um, and supposedly Islam, uh, you know, condemns homosexuality. But, you know, that's such a lie. That's window dressing. Attempted suicide, depression, rejection, and isolation amongst LGBTQ and questionable. So, in other words, that's all laid at the feet of Christianity. That's why this targets Christianity. Okay. The state of California has compelling interest in protecting the physical and psychological well-being. of. Yeah, it's... They really want to protect them. They want them to go to hell and burn in the lake of fire ultimately for eternity. That's how much their compelling interest in project in protecting the physical and psychological well-being of minors really is. Because ultimately that's what the agenda is. They want you to be gay, stay gay, and then recruit others. And then become twice the child of hell that, you know, whoever recruited you. That's what Satan's ultimate goal is. So this whole virtue signaling about protecting physical and psychological well-being of mind, what a joke. It couldn't be more of a bigger lie from the pit of hell if, if you know. So this is what we're, uh, this is what we're dealing with. The average gay male, the last time I had checked, lives to be the age of 39. And the Bible says that the wicked will not live out half their days. So on average, you know, that's about, if you factor in all the, the, the lifespans, it's, it's, a, it's around half of a lifespan. If you, if you factor in the people that live longer, you know, let's say into their 80s. Now, granted, I understand lifespans are coming down. You got the GMOs, you got the fluoridation, you got the chemtrails, you got the nano, whatever. You got all the stuff they're doing to kill us off. You got the 5G, you got the smart meters, you got all the stuff that they're doing, the Wi-Fi. So lifespans are coming down, and, and I'm sure that the uh, the way that, you know, society, you know, the vaping thing alone, my word, 
Uh, I think that's going to really take a lot of people out as well. Um, but that's that's not Christianity's fault that the wicked shall not live out half their days. I believe that's in Proverbs. Um, but see, they want to they want to lay that. We're it's not my fault that the average gay male is to be thirty nine. It's not mine collectively. Okay, but they want to blame that evidently. Of course, they never talk about that because, you know, that's not, uh, they, they want everything to seem rosy and wonderful and gays live as long as other people and this type of stuff. Lesbians also have a gr greatly reduced lifespan as well. But because Satan, it's so important for Satan to get into that lifestyle, they're going to never, ever mention anything about that on mainstream news, ever. I have a gigantic file on homosexuality and all in fact it's there's a lot of that i was wanting to cover in an upcoming study um if i can ever get to it you know i'm just always so backlogged right now i'm 156 pages backlogged into stuff i need to cover supporters of the resolution assert that religious liberty does not apply here as it amounts to discrimination right they also argue that such counseling from faith-based groups is psychological torture and mental health malpractice. So that, again, this is Satan giving us a morality lesson, which I just love that when he when he does that. At the same time, this is all happening. A Baptist pastor wrote in USA Today that the Bible can't be trusted, and that the church must accept open LGBTQP for pedophile members in order to survive. Yep. In order to survive in the 1984 George Orwellian, Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, I guess he's right, you know? I'd just rather die on my feet and die with my boots on, I guess, you know? Because I'm not, never going to accept any of this stuff. They kill me, they kill me. It was my time, you know? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, I'll never, I'm, in the name of Jesus Christ, I will never capitulate to this garbage. Pure wickedness. Now, I know I'm not saying that because I'm Mr. Tough Guy either. I'm just saying I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. And that, you know, that should be all Christians' standpoint. You know, there's just things you don't compromise on. And this is one of them. It's a big one. It's a big one for God. Read Romans 1. I think that's all you need. You want a New Testament thing? Read Romans 1. And there's other verses in the New Testament as well. Okay, now we get to this. <clears throat> I, I, <sighs> teen girls can now walk around, as young as 11, can now walk around topless in Colorado thanks to the feminazis. And this isn't the only place they can do it. A Colorado city's decision to discontinue a legal battle to bar women from appearing topless in public has effectively legalized the risque fashion statement in six western states. Most people are not aware that the nascent campaign for women to be able to appear topless in public was started by the feminists in the LGBTQP for pedophile movement and now is quickly spread out to receive support from many other groups as well. So why after 6,000 years of human existence is this such a big deal? Because public nudity and open immorality are part of 
what the life what life will be like in Jacob's trouble under Antichrist. That's why. The Bible refers to this dark period as the days of Lot, also the days of Noah. And not and Lot lived in Sodom. So that's a good point. Yeah, as it was in the days of Lot. So it's no coincidence that the Sodomites are behind the current push to go topless. Of course they are. Because they're of their father, the devil. They love evil. They love wickedness. They love murder, death, destruction, perversion. Defiling defiling children is very, very important. For The thing is, is you could have the nicest gay person in the world. The problem is, is at the end of the day, they're demon-possessed, essentially. And those demons, despite how outwardly nice the gay person may be those demons aren't nice that are emanating and operating through them they're not nice and they're going to show their fangs their true colors are going to come out at some point and already are starting to come out so that's what we're dealing with luke 17 28 through 30 jesus said likewise also as it was in the days of lot they did eat they drank they bought they sold they planted they built it okay this is in sodom and gomorrah they were doing all that stuff whole bunch of sodomites going around planting building drinking building but the same day that lot went out of sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all every last one of them even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, there you go. Right there. Days a lot. Now, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-rath, post-trib, whatever you are, we're still in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. We're, we're on the cusp. I mean, like I said in the first part one of the study, we could, we could have World War III starting any time. I hope they put it off. But I'm telling you, that's the last domino that's got to fall for the Antichrist and the false prophet to make their big arrival. And that's not just something I, I've been saying for like a week or two. I've said that exact scenario ever since I've been in ministry starting back since 2006. And now we're right on the cusp of it. Thank God there's very little I've had to backpedal on. Because not because I want to be proud and say I'm Mr. Smarty Pants and write about everything. It's just that um, to whom much is given, much is required. And if I'm over here teaching you bad stuff, then I'm accountable to God for that. If I'm teaching you bad doctrine and I'm teaching you stuff that's not true, or like if I would have come out in 2006 says, no, it's Prince Charles. He's the, you know how many times I heard that? Prince Charles is the Antichrist? And I'm like, really? It's got to be him because of... No, it doesn't. You got to look at the biblical qualifications for Antichrist. And can he, from a lineage, tracing it all the way back, you know, to King David. It's the only way the Jews are going to accept him. Can he, from a lineage standpoint, prove that? I doubt it. I doubt it. And there's a lot of other reasons, too. But I've had people over the years, it's got to be this guy, it's got to be, no, 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 no. And I'm not saying it's Maitreya. I know I've, I've said that he could be some candidate. You know, is Jared Kushner a candidate? Yeah, he is. He's got the right bloodline. He's Shabbat Lubavitch, he's a Kabbalist. 
He's as wicked as they come. He owns, I mean, he owned at least 666, the building at 666 Park, Park Avenue in New York City. I don't know if he sold that or what, but maybe he doesn't have a controlling interest. I don't know, but um, he's a bad dude. And I don't mean that like he's, you know, big and bad. I mean, he is a wicked dude. So, I don't know. But I'm not going to sit here and speculate about all those things. I'll put out some maybe suggestions. Maybe this could happen, that that or that. But um, we're right on the cusp of it, I believe. Uh, the only way that we're not is if something extraordinary happens in the Middle East and de-escalates all this stuff that's been built up to Iran. But boy, that would be a big waste of time for Satan and the Illuminati for them to do that. We already got all our troops over there. are starting to get them all over their preposition. We've got military assets. We've got missiles. We've got all kind of stuff over there. And we've been building it up and ratcheting it up. Sanctions. And it would have to be something where God literally stepped in and just intervened and de-escalated the whole thing and everything went back to everybody playing nice and let's put it off for you know three four five six more years whatever but that doesn't really line up i think with the illuminati's plans there's too many people waking up right now um they're so far along in their agenda they've gotten so aggressive with their agenda as far as taking away our rights and liberty and that's not stopping that's increasing so i'm looking at this thinking one i'm seeing the handwriting on the wall like daniel and i'm thinking man they've they're they've pushed all their chips in they've pushed all satan's pushed all his chips in they're going in they're going for broke and i don't see how they could even pull it back at this point they're too far down the line so if something doesn't happen like i don't know in the next year which i don't even see how the war gets delayed that much it'd be a, it would be a miracle but it could happen it's happened before god has intervened push things back but scripture ultimately is going to have to be fulfilled and ultimately you know it's going to be so going forward here um six states now allow women to be topless in public and many more, if not all, of them to follow. As America doubles down on her resolve, I mean, can, can you imagine you, you go to the mall and you've got bare-breasted women walking around. And, you know, you got your kids and stuff and they're, they're out there. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all legal-like, too. Whoa. Okay. As America doubles down on her resolve to embrace the LGBTQ uh, pedophile agenda, morals are being tossed out the window. If any of the current Democratic candidates running for their party's nomination win in 2020, and again, who, who, who's ever writing this is, you know, I'd say 95% of the ministries out there, they don't attack Trump. It's, it's all the Democrats. It's all, you know, Coke's bad, but Pepsi's good. No, they're all in the same satanic luciferian kabbalistic team at the end of the day it's just one has a facade of being the good guys at this point and the others just plain out evil so they're they're much easier to point the finger at and blame everything on while we give trump a pass on all this other garbage that he's doing that i've been documenting 
in earnest since February. So, um, let's go further here. Um, so, if any of the current Democratic candidates running for the party's nomination win in 2020, this state of immorality will proceed at a pace that will make your eyes bleed. Well, it's already proceeding. They're, they're protecting all this stuff. Trump's done more to take away our gun rights than anyone else. More LGBTQ garbage has passed under his watch since more than Obama by far. They're getting away with far more under Trump because his his base is asleep to a lot of this stuff. They keep thinking, well, Trump will protect us. He'll get in another four years and he won't ever let it get that bad. No, he's on the spear tip of this, as I've documented. Hillary was in people at least be awake, a lot of them. In all this newfound sexual freedom that people are embracing right now, just remember the LGBT. Q is going to add the P for pedophile to their umbrella as well. They are, as far as I'm concerned, they already have. They're already, they've already had some of them marching in the parades with the pedophile flag and then putting up their little, their little um, flyers on the telephone poles that shows like this big, gigantic, grown man with this little kid holding hands with a, with the. It's a different kind of flag. It's more of like a, a of a understated gay flag. It's like got like pastel colors. That's the pedophile flag. And that's like in the background and it says, all it says is love is love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hellfire in a lake of fire is that too. They're, they're real. But your love is not love. It's a stinking, disgusting, perverted, evil, wicked, demonically inspired lust for little children you sick pig maggot devil i mean that should be execution time guys i'm sorry that should be execution for raping a little child it should be no pass go do not collect 200 dollars. execution expedited execution Okay, and, and a lot of times when I'm talking like this, I, I believe the Holy Spirit's convicting me and Bible verses start coming in my head. This is the one that just came in my head. Ecclesiastes 8.11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, because that's not done in an expedited matter, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. I mean, how many times do you see people that they're on death row? And let's say they're legitimate, they did the crime. And I understand there are some people on death row that, that are innocent, okay? I, I get that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the ones that deserve it, okay? You know, some mass murder or whatever, killing children and all this other stuff. Women and innocent and, okay, they deserve to die, okay? And then they go and like the cowards that they are, they appeal and appeal and appeal because they don't want to die. They, it was fine for them to kill everybody. And to torture and rape and steal and pillage or whatever they did. But, no, no, I can't die. Not me. I'm, I'm going to appeal because I'm such a stinking coward. Just go to the electric chair. Go to the, the, the whatever. And, and take it like a man. Which is what you're, the least of which what you should do. After your crimes. Okay, And I'm talking about people that deserve it. But they'll appeal and they'll appeal. And a lot of times they'll, they'll die in prison. Or the sentence is commuted, or they'll get a whatever, or the, or the death penalty will be revoked in the state. What does that send a message to other people? Well, 
because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, which is the death penalty is a great example of that. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Because a man left to himself, apart from God, left to his own devices, is going to gravitate typically toward evil. Most people. Unfortunately, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, you know. And this is why the world is a big, gigantic reason why the world is so wicked because of Ecclesiastes 8.11. Because evil is not being judged. The sentence against evil is not being judged. So then the hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil because if they figure, well, I can get away with it. Ah, if, I, if, I, if I do some prison time, I get a little slap on the wrist for raping a child or whatever. I mean, I watch, I've watched some of these other documentaries about like Canadian justice and Australian. And I mean, it's like, you know, you can go over there and just slit their throats and kill a whole bunch. I mean, sometimes they're out of prison. I mean, the, the sentences they get there, I thought was bad in America. And the sentences they get in like Canada and Australia, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other places are absolute, in, in the UK are an absolute joke. Well, because of that, the hearts of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. Sends a message. That's why God's judgment is always a wonderfully awesome and good thing. Psalm 64, Psalm 91, imprecatory prayers. If you've never heard my teaching on Psalm 64, just I would key that in. Psalm 64. Changed my life. Anyway, uh, another lighthearted study we're doing here. Uh, so, ending this, it says, uh, and don't forget one thing, and all this newfound sexual freedom that people are embracing right now, just remember the LGBTQ is going to add the pedophile for their umbrella. Women will now be able to go topless in Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Utah. That's surprise, Utah? The, the land of the stuffed shirt Mormons? That, that, that devil death cult? Yeah. It's Ken Mormon or Jehovah Witness. I don't have one on Seventh-day Adventist, but um key all the you know key any of those in if you want i've done dedicated studies on all that now let's let's go ahead and play this this video here uh it's not very long it's mature content this is all mature content that we're covering there's no cussing but it's mature content it's about this what i just covered Preteen girls as young as 11 can now legally walk around colorado topless let me repeat that for those who think i'm kidding preteen girls as young as 11 can now legally walk around Colorado. So I guess it's only Colorado that preteen girls. I mean, what a pedophile's dream. Colorado. They're over there in 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 the in the shadows cheering this on. You go, you feminazis, you 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 get all get out there and especially get the preteen girls topless so the pedophiles can go out there and drool over them. I mean, <laughs> Oh my word. I mean, I, I, it's like the fact that God doesn't judge this world every day. I don't know how he's even holding back at this point. Topless. All thanks to a bunch of women over at the free the nipple campaign who like to complain about men staring at their boobs while walking around exposing their boobs. Right. 
like I said, this is a little mature content here, but I mean, what she's saying is the truth. In order to settle a three-year lawsuit from the Free the Nipple campaign, the city council in Fort Collins, Colorado, agreed earlier this month to remove a ban on women over 10 years old exposing their breasts in public spaces. Meaning that now, and I really cannot emphasize this enough, preteen girls as young as 11 can now legally walk around Colorado topless. The ban was officially lifted as of Tuesday after the city spent over 320,000. Isn't that child pornography? Doesn't that fall under that classification of like child pornography? I, I mean, it, if you took a picture of a preteen girl topless and posted it online, isn't that what that is? But now it's legalized? dollars in legal fees trying to defend the ordinance which came under fire from a loud but relatively minor feminist group that thinks women should just be able to prance about with their tatas blowing in the breeze brick hongling and samantha six had sued the town over what they called a sexist policy that targeted women because men were still allowed to walk around shirtless and nobody cared you know probably because they don't have boobs but by the time the city council finally agreed to drop their ban a district court judge and and a federal appeals court had already ruled against the policy. KGUN 9 reports that because the policy was struck down by the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and the city declined to pursue this case up to the U.S. Supreme Court, this means that any such policy barring women from walking around topless without also placing the same restrictions on men means that the laws are not enforceable in all six states in the Tenth District. Now, this includes Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, New Mexico, Kansas, or Oklahoma. Therefore, to reiterate yet again, preteen girls as young as 11 can now walk around Colorado topless. And guaranteed, this is just the start of this. Because, you know, once the camel gets its head in the tent, the next thing you know, the whole camel's in the tent. So this is why they, they, they try so hard and spend so many millions of dollars to get legislation like this because they realize that once that first crack in the dam forms, then it's just a matter of time before the whole dam comes down. And in a world in which parents are willingly dragging their prepubescent boys into drag queen story hours and teaching them how to smear on 14 pounds of makeup with a spatula before they've even learned how to shave, right. tween girls being encouraged to trot around with their bare chests exposed to every perv with functioning retinas no longer seems outside the realm of possibility, you know, for equality. Right. Newsflash feminists, when will you get your heads out of your hairy armpits long enough to realize <laughs> that nothing about this makes us equal? Flashing yourself in front of perfect strangers does not empower you. It makes you even more of a sex object than you already complain that you are. Right. You're handing the patriarchy tickets to a free show and right. then whining about rape culture and get mad when men don't take you seriously. In other words, it's just the, the uh, this woman puts it so good because it's just, hypocrisy doesn't even describe this whole thing. I mean, it's not a strong enough word of what we're talking about here. And she's pointing all that out. You wanna know where all the good guys have gone? 
Well, they're out looking for women who don't stroll around in their birthday suits to try to make some stupid social justice point. And before you give me this song and dance about how boobs are natural and should be paraded around in public view, you know, taking a poop is also perfectly natural, but that doesn't mean anybody wants to see it on the subway. And speaking of poop, that's where I'm gonna leave this. That this ridiculous, dangerous campaign is one giant steaming pile of crap. And I don't know what insanity is going on over at the U.S. Court of Appeals, but the Court of Public Opinion should treat it as such. And that's your reality check, America. She she said a mouthful there. Um, yeah, but I can't disagree with what she's saying. I mean, I wouldn't take that tact as far as the way it was presented, but you know, I'm just saying what she said was the truth, though. Uh, going in, uh, let's see, going further, 21st century crusades have commenced as the Democrats usher in communism while the Pope is ushering in the global satanic worship. This is from Dave Hodges. The Pope is on record as of having said he would baptize aliens and don't forget about the Vatican's Lucifer telescope on top of Mount Graham. I think it's in like Arizona or New Mexico. Um, yeah, they've got a, they've got a, Vatican's got a telescope on top of that unbelievably, to, to like the, I think it's the Cherokee or whatever they're, uh, or not the Cherokee, uh, I forget what tribe. It's one of the most holy sites, Mount Graham. And yet, the Vatican went up there, took over the land through its sheer, you know, monetary, I'm sure, influence, and um, put a telescope up there. And now pretty much the whole mountain's off limits. Unless you have like a special invite. So, um, this position alone should have been enough uh, to wake up Catholics everywhere. And, and again, I've reported on when many, many times how there's many people, uh, including the Pope, including a lot of the top cardinals that said that, you know, they would openly welcome aliens as our space brethren and baptize them and this type of stuff. So... I've reported on that many times. Did the world need any greater proof that the cover-ups that have been taking place in the multiple and never-ending sexual and ritualistic abuse of our children at the hands of the Catholic hierarchy? The links between these heinous and largely unpunished and more importantly unrepentant acts of abuse and child sex trafficking are beginning to appear. As if this ongoing evil wasn't bad enough, the Pope is now organizing a modern-day set of crusades against the fun fundamentalist Christian beliefs and those who earnestly practice them. Do you remember when the imams recited in an Islamic prayer at the Vatican? It was clear then that this pope was trying to create a one-world religion. On June 6, 2015, were you aware that the pope allowed members of the Islamic faith to pray at the Vatican? And he further broadcasted the event? More Krizlam, which is a combination of Christianity and Islam, which serves to destroy the Lord's message and lead people astray. Now, I just saw this today. I mean, it, every day I see another thing about the, the pope... Um, yoking up with islam yeah uh pope proudly says that the quran is a book of peace absolutely because islam is not a violent religion pope francis has said that it's wrong to identify islam with violence and that the social injustice and idolatry of money were among the prime causes of terrorism i think it's not right to identify islam with violence he told reporters aboard the plane taking him to Rome after a five-day trip to Poland. This is not right and it's not true, says Satan. So, um, the Pope was responding to a question about the killing of an 85-year-old Roman Catholic priest during a church service in western France. 
The attacker, the attackers forced the knees, forced the priest to his knees and slit his throat. And the killing was claimed by the Islamic State because they were a religion of peace. So he's he's all, you know, yeah, you can slit slit our priests' throats. They're still peaceful. There's nothing there's nothing not peaceful about slitting a priest's throat, forcing him to his knees to do that, and raping children and animals and and, and little girls and raping women and subjugating them. No, they're, they're, they're such a religion of peace. You know, um, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at what he's saying here. And so, again, this guy is Satan incarnate, essentially, this this current derivation of the Pope. He, he is so far off the deep end scripturally. I mean, it doesn't even I mean, everything that comes out of the guy's mouth is essentially anti-Christian. It's it's unbiblical and anti-Christian and totally fulfilling satan's agenda i mean hey islam has massacred over 669 million non-muslims since 6 622 a.d that's all and that's probably a very underblown figure only 669 plus million come on in fact no ideology has been as genocidal as islam i'm, I'm looking for I'm from a report i have right here that keeps a uh track of the the death toll but they're a religion of peace it's true you know even though you know they say lop off their head and kill the infidel and you know the islamic bible quran muslims to kill infidels in islam in islam the arabic word kafar refers to non-muslims often in a derogatory sense and is usually translated as infidel or unbeliever Kafar meaning infidel, rejecter, disbeliever, unbeliever, non-believer. The term refers to a person who rejects or disbelieves in Allah. Also known since ancient times as the pagan moon god or the tenets of Islam, denying the dominion and the authority of Allah and is thus often translated as infidel. The term is used in different ways in the Quran with, most, with the most fundamental sense being ingratitude toward Allah. This is what the unholy book of the Quran commands them to do. This is, the, this, is this peaceful book. That the Pope is in reference to. Quran 8.12 says, I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieve, meaning the infidels. Therefore, strike off their heads and strike off every fingertip of them. Okay, so that's that's peaceful. Where's some more peaceful verses in, in the uh, Quran? Well, Surah 33.60 says, Allah has cursed the unbelievers and proposed them for a blazing hell. Surah 41.14 says, Unbelievers are enemies of Allah, and they will roast in hell. Surah 9.123 says, Fight unbelievers who are near you. Another translation read, Believers, make war on the infidels who dwell around you. Let them find harshness in you. Another version uh, says, Ye who believe, murder those of the, of the disbelievers. I could go on and on and on. So, yeah. So that's a, that's a real hot one. The, the Pope saying that the Quran is a book of peace. I mean, man, wow. <sighs> anyway, um, going back to this report. As if this ongoing evil was not bad enough, the Pope is now organizing a modern-day set of crusades against fundamentalist Christian beliefs and those who earnestly practice them. Of course. Do you remember when the imams recited an Islamic prayer at the Vatican? It was clear then that this Pope was trying to create a one-world religion. 
On June 6, 2015, were you aware that the Pope allowed members of the Islamic faith to pray at the Vatican? And he further broadcasted the event? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I've read this part. Uh, going forward, LifeSite News is reporting that the Vatican, i.e. the Pope, is holding a thematic conference entitled Reinventing the Global Educational Alliance. The event consists of the Pope inviting leaders of major religions and key politicians, leaders in economics and academia to attend a meeting whose obvious intention is to destroy Christianity by combining the religions into a form of Chrislam. And this will be accomplished by signing a global pact on education. That's what it's called which is a thinly veiled education policy to deceive future generations of students and will collectively turn children against Jesus Christ, which is the goal of the Catholic Church. The Pope even cited Hillary's work on the notion that it takes a village to raise a child. Please allow me to remind the reader that um, it's not a secret that Hillary is a fourth degree witch. Uh, do I need to say more? Let's connect the dots. The Pope's planned 2020 Religious and Educational Consolidation Conference and the Pope's professed allegiance to Agenda 21 and the rise of it um, of it and its perverted religion is also referred to as Gaia. Like Mother Gaia. Does it bother anyone else that the Pope is so in line with the United Nations on such issues as climate change and immigration? You know, both of the two most gigantic, you know, evil wicked things that are trying to be enforced on humanity he further supports the united nations agenda 21 for education as well as his, which is dedicated to the destruction of christianity chrislam is merely a transition piece to ready the world for its one and final religion which is gaia and the education is the tool for the implementation of this agenda 21 i've said for a long time that um the backbone of the coming one world religion will be witchcraft 100%. So when all the, the religions combined into whatever evil flavor that that ends up happening, the backbone of that is going to be witchcraft. Because the Bible says the Antichrist is going to cause craft to prosper in his hand. That word craft means witchcraft. And there's books written that, you know, witchcraft primers, and one of them is called the craft. You know, that's how it's one of the ways it's referred to. Chapter 36 of Agenda 21 states that the globalists plan to reorient worldwide education towards sustainable development, i.e. the transformation of the world's economies to satanically inspired communism. And also, reform of the nation's standardized objectives is merely a smokescreen for the true intent of the program, which is to promote acceptance for Agenda 21 policies, which is where they, get, they, they take away all of our rights and our right to travel and, and move us into stack and pack cities and, you know, we live totally off the the government do whatever the government says it's george orwell it's 1984 subsequently the agenda 21 slash unesco documents clearly state their intention is to turn each student into a globalist good global citizen who will accept smaller living space residing in the stack and pack cities of the future acceptance of drastic energy reduction and the loss of constitutional liberties which would also include the loss of part of the first amendment related to the freedom of religion this is about total control of a person so what, where, where they're moving and where they're a lot, to a large part, they're already at in China. This is about total control of the person. If the person can be controlled to such a tight degree, then it is easy to control the belief system and eradicate Christianity and Christians from the face of the earth. And what will Christianity be replaced with? Anyone who has read the Agenda 21 documents in earnest understands that the replacement of Christianity has been groomed for decades. And the ultimate replacement is the pagan religion called Gaia. 
Gaia will ultimately replace Chrislam that the Pope is presently installing and will be the final step in the spiritual enslavement of the planet. Gaia changes the Christian world worldview significantly. Christians fundamentally believe that God gave dominion over the earth to man with the remainder of the hierarchy consisting of animals, fish, plants, and finally the earth. Gaia teaches that the earth reigns supreme. Mother Gaia, she's our mother followed by animal, fish, plants, and man is in the last place. This is a decidedly anti-human agenda. The undeniable conclusion that in the future it is clear that your children will receive cleverly, well, not in the future, they are right now, if they're in a public school system or college, um, will receive cleverly crafted lessons designed to lessen the appreciation of their own worth as a human being. This is the beginning of a spiritual enslavement paradigm which will accompany the already implemented policies of economic enslavement, presently being thrust upon the american people through the acquisition of massive debt created by the globalists when the common core was fully implemented in 2016 and your child began being assessed on the parcc and smarter balanced assessments your child became an agenda 21 globalist minion in training so we have that then this is from coach dave dobemeyer it's called the sin of silence apathy and neglect so this starts out by saying uh, Webster's 1828 dictionary, which more closely defines the words in the King James than a modern day dictionary, defines sin as to depart voluntarily from the path of duty prescribed by God to man. So that's how it defines sin, depart voluntarily from the path of duty prescribed by man, to violate the, the divine law in any particular by actual transgression or by neglect or non-observance of its injunctions to violate any known rule of duty wow that's a that's a much expanded i mean you know definition of sin than, than a, a lot of i'm sure christians would think maybe not my listeners so much but a lot of christians wouldn't ever think that that would be a definition of sin did you know that it's possible to passively sin most of us have been taught through our religious upbringing that sins are something that we actually commit when we lie or steal or engage in sex outside of the bounds of marriage and that's true but we have an understanding that we have engaged in committed uh, a sin by our actions we understand that but a lot of people don't understand the sin of passivity, the sin of, of abdicating our duty in Christ, neglect or non-observance. They don't understand. That's actually, I mean, honestly, this definition that Webster's 1828 gives is more about the neglect and fulfilling our duty than it is about outward sinning, like lying, stealing, cheating, that type of stuff. It devotes more, more text to that. All sinners understand that, and the more we sin, the more seared our consciences tend to become. Soon we find ourselves engaging in fornication regularly, but are not bothered by the clear violation of our conscience. Once our conscience is seared or hardened, we become much more comfortable in our active violation of those standards with which we've been raised, if you were raised that way. I wasn't personally raised that way. I was not raised in a biblical environment at all. Okay, so it kind of depends on your upbringing. Uh, a seared conscience makes one helpless in the face of mounting temptation. 
the only way to be able to turn from sin is by conscious decision to say no to the temptation. This requires the infilling of the Holy Spirit and as a born-again Christian. My mother always said, let your conscience be your guide. And it worked perfectly until my conscience began to become dull. Overwhelmed by temptation and without ability to combat it, I found myself doing a lot of things that I would never want my mother to know that I did. But see, this is where also the heart comes into play. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know. So if your heart is telling you, I'm not saying your heart can't lead you in the right direction. If you're under the, like, let's say you're immersed in the word, you're praying, you're in your, uh, you're you're staying in tight fellowship with god okay well in a lot of in in that case your heart's probably not going to deceive you but the heart is deceit the heart left unto itself apart from god is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it the bible says he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool proverbs 28 26 and there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death so that's where that kicks in and that starts to override the conscience, the heart. Uh, okay, so going further. How many times have you done something that you never knew that you knew that you shouldn't do and found yourself sliding down a trail you never intended to get on in the first place? Sin makes for a slippery foundation. But the Christian world is slow to criticize one of the most dangerous sins, the sin of omission is just as evil and just as destructive as any other carnal sin that you may find yourself engaging in. It's a, and it's a big reason that particular sin in particular is one of the most gigantic reasons that the world is in the shape it's in because the church isn't salt and light anymore because they've abdicated their duty, like the, the Webster's definition, their Christian duty through neglect and non-observance of biblical tenets so the sin of omission is just as evil and destructive as any other carnal sin that you may find yourself engaged in however the sin of omission is not as easily recognizable because it is not as blatantly obvious get in a religious discussion today if that is what is possible um in the world we live in this greasy gracie world we live in it says and you will find that most people still understand the notion of sin but are quick to rationalize why their particular sin was not as diabolical justification of sin is the heating of the hot iron that will eventually cauterize the guilt from the clearly sinful actions meaning searing the conscience the road to hell is paved with good intentions it can be but it is the sin of omission that is just as deadly in today's world. The idea that as the Bible teaches to know to good to know to do good and not to do it is also sin. That falls under that classification. This willful silence in the American church is the American church's greatest failure. Just this week alone, 2246 fetal remains of babies were were discovered in the home of a paid assassin in South Bend, Indiana. An abortion doctor it seems a mass murderer masquerading as a doctor had accumulated a strange collection of dead human beings babies in his home that were discovered after his own death the horror was not that he had killed 2246 babies but that he he was ghoulish enough to keep them in his home well you got to be totally demon possessed of the toenails to be a, an abortion doctor anyway 
So this doesn't really surprise me. Much like a deer hunter does with a set of antlers. And just what are the fetal remains? Uh, what would be toes or fingernails or ears of 2,246 complete and distinct people? Thank God most good abortionists most good abortionists only murder babies and sell their bodies for research. He's obviously saying that sarcastically. You probably haven't read much about it because the media would like to not awaken your conscience. But what if it had been 2,246 born children? Or what if it had been what, what if they had been illegal immigrants or school children? Or what about if they were lesbians or gays? Oh, that would really or Muslims. Oh boy. Oh boy, you'd, you'd, you'd never ever hear the end of it, most likely. I, especially if he was a Christian by day. Let's say he went to a church. That would really be the end of it. You know, a Christian abortionist. That's, I'm, I'm sure they've, they've existed. They, they would call themselves that name only, but you know. Yeah, I go to church and I have no... Well, I mean, you've got the pastors and the clergy now going into the abortion clinics and, and blessing them. That's a, that's a report I need to get to. It's It's going on though all the time clergy christian rabbis other people going in there and doing whole little blessings on the, where god's work is being done they say yep yep so um does the slaughter of 2246 unborn children not horrify every christian in america why are not the pastors leading their congregations into the streets and demanding the end to this carnage? Abortion. It's murder of innocent babies. Their silence like a cancer grows. It seems we are more outraged that he took the babies home for his collection than we are that he actually killed them. Seared consciences, cowardice, and compromise are the new unholy trinity. Don't we understand that silence is consent and that our silence permits sin to spread like a black mold? Can't we recognize the fact that God placed his Holy Spirit in us to destroy the forces of darkness? Now, I put this verse in there. Came into my mind. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came here. That's That was his primary purpose. Now, a lot of things followed that and a lot of things were commingled to that but that was the primary purpose shouldn't that be our goal too as christians kind of i mean there's different ways you can accomplish that not everybody's cookie cutter i mean the bible says you know we are the body of christ and can the finger say to the eye depart of me i have no need no we're all important in the body of christ but whatever your function whatever your calling whatever your duty is whatever that is I believe ultimately you are destroying, if you're fulfilling that calling, if you're fulfilling your book in heaven, like I talked about in previous studies, you have a book in heaven, okay? If you're fulfilling the perfect will of God in your life and you're fulfilling your book in heaven, then you're going to be destroying the works of the enemy. You're, you're going to be doing that in some way, shape, or form. It may not be near as overt as the next Christian, but you don't really know until you actually stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, most likely, how much impact you actually had to destroy the works of the devil. That's like, you know, that's something we're going to learn later. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, personally, I'm not going to sit here and obsess about that. 
I'm just going to try to fulfill whatever calling God's given me and, and, and let the Holy Spirit guide me and work through me and try to get out of his way as much as possible. Because if, if I'm in control, all I'm going to do is mess it up for God. So I would just rather God use me and um, get me out of the way. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase, meaning Jesus. It's one of the best verses in the Bible. And that was after, I mean, John had been on the scene for a long time baptizing people. He baptized Jesus and, and that was when John knew, okay, it's time for me to kind of, you know, I'm not going to have this, this, um, it's, it, Jesus needs to increase. Okay. I've had my time and, you know, he was taken into prison probably not too long after that and then beheaded, you know, so, um. I think that should be our goals and whatever calling God's given you to destroy the works of the devil. I've always prayed like for me personally, it would be in just as an example, I've always prayed, God, make, you know, make me the biggest monkey wrench you can make me into Satan's kingdom. Make me your battle axe and weapon of war like the Bible talks about. You know, and if I die, die, what, whatever. Absent for the body to be present with the Lord. But, you know, let me, let me do as much damage to the kingdom of darkness as just is possible, God. You know, I don't think that's a bad way to pray. Do you? I mean, really? Is that a bad way to pray? Because the more damage you do to the kingdom of darkness, most likely the more people are going to get saved. And... Um, most likely God's going to get more glory and his name will be magnified, which is really what it's all about. People getting saved, God's name being glorified, his name being magnified, people getting the truth. I don't know. That's how I look at it. Sin in all of its forms is, is destructive. Look at the fetal remains littering this once great nation. I, I mean, again, I can't even imagine all the blood, innocent blood crying out from the land. You see, it's not the LGBTP movement that is destroying the nation, but rather the acceptance of it, primarily by the church because they've abdicated their position of salt and light. Salt is a preservative. Light always exposes darkness. They're not doing that. They're not reproving the unfruitful works of darkness anymore and having no fellowship with them. No, they're embracing them. They're marching in gay parades like they are, even in my hometown. They're glorying in their shame. I mean, it's like, what Bible are these people reading? I understand there's a lot of perverted Bibles out there, but I mean, even them. I mean, I got saved out of, out of an NIV, and I'm not telling you to read an NIV, but I'm saying there's enough Bible in there to get saved. Even though there's 64,098 less words than the KJV. Yes, that many, which is just about 10% of the total text. And it was tr one of the translators was Virginia Mullencott, who was a rabid feminist and feminazi lesbian. She's key in NIV in the keyword search. I've done whole teachings on KG the King James, the NIV, the New King James, how they're all well, not not the KJV, but how the, their others are have been perverted. Oh, probably ended here with these Bible verses. Let me just see how much for, what further I got. Yeah. Um, Psalm 94, 16 and 20. You've, you've heard these before. Who will rise up for me 
against the evildoers? Who and who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? God's asking this question. So, I mean, when you read that, are you, I mean, are you asking yourself, I mean, how, do you really feel that way? I mean, I mean, how are you going to respond to God if he's asking you that question is how I should phrase that, you know? And I mean, I say that as much to myself as anyone else. I'm not saying it in some like high and mighty way. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Shall the throne of iniquity, which is sin, have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? And then you, you hear me say the last part of the verse, but not the first part as much. Of course, actually, that's two verses mingled. Um, Psalm 94, 16, and then also verse 20 on the end of it. They're creating wickedness because mischief, like we defined it from the King James, means sin, wickedness, evil. Okay, They frame, they create mischief, wickedness, evil, sin by a law. And again, we just saw this ordinance now that's going to allow 11-year-old preteen girls to walk around topless in Colorado now fulfilling all you know so many of the uh, pedophile pedophile and pedophores dreams child molesters dreams Titus 115 uh, and 116 unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure but even their mind and their conscience is defiled it's talking a lot about that today but this is about pastors i believe primarily and in in a lot of people in the lukewarm church sure so let me let me say that again under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure what like this baptist preacher just said we can't trust the bible and that we have to amalgamate lgbt into our congregations or or we won't live we won't survive i don't want to survive in a church that's full of lgbt people and pedophiles and every vile degenerate the bible is very clear about that you go to first corinthians chapter five and you're to purge out that leaven out of the church i don't mean kill them but i mean you're supposed to get them out of the church lest they defile the whole congregation because a little leaven leaven at the whole lump somebody that's an abject sin in your church will actually start affecting other people that's why i said if, if you got two sodomites you're in a, an apartment complex worst case scenario because the bible says woe unto them that join house unto house and field unto field apartment complexes you you could have literally sodomites on every side of you engaging in like you know the kind of fornication they do i'll just put it that way and you're in there trying to get close to god and you wonder why your life is so miserable and you wonder why you can't get victory well you've got you got sodomites and you got people doing perverted stuff. You might have one one person watching hardcore pornography and somebody else watching bestiality and then another two sodomites having sex. Who knows? And then somebody doing crystal meth. And I mean, you can have that going all around you in an apartment complex in particular. Now, granted, you could live in a neighborhood and have it as well, but I'm talking an apartment complex. It's really bad. And this is why cities always draw so much wickedness to them. Because you've got stack and pack on one another and you don't know what your neighbor's doing. And it is affecting you. It does. That's why the Bible says their innocent blood cries out from the land. And that when a woman lied with a beast or, or a man with man and this type of stuff, that you went you took them out and killed them to cleanse the innocent, to cleanse that blood, to cleanse that curse off the land. 
It does affect you. Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. Sounds like a lot of maybe pastors, lukewarm pastors or Christians. But in works, they deny him. Like the work of, and I'm giving you an extreme example, like the work of marching in a gay parade as a church. Yeah, you're denying God. We're a church, we're Christian. No, you're not. Your works deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. That's, that's like the norm now. That's not the exception anymore. That's the norm. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They appear to be apostles of Christ, but they're not. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. A lot of people that have actually seen Satan in the flesh, okay, as he will appear to people, he typically doesn't manifest as a big red devil with, you know, a pointy red tail, two hooves and a pitchfork. The cliche way the devil is typically presented he usually when he manifests from the testimonials i've seen will come as this beautiful like either usually either a very 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 credibly handsome charismatic man um or like an angel of light he typically doesn't come as in in his true form okay but satan himself is transformed into an angel of light therefore it's no great thing if his ministers his ministers which I dare say the majority of ministers in America are on Satan's team. I mean, if God hates lukewarmness and they're either lukewarm or cold, if you're a truly hot pastor, you're not you're gonna typically not have a very big congregation and you're gonna be fighting a big uphill battle and um you're going to be very few in number is what i'm saying so therefore it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness as the ministers of right they appear as ministers of righteousness well look at the the the, the catholic priest or the rabbi and the catholic's got his little collar like benny hinn wears now basically oh i heard benny hinn has repented of the prosperity gospel okay yeah uh-huh and what about him being a satanist what about him literally calling on satan and they they slow down his tongues or he pray they, they reverse his tongues and he's praying to satan and calling out the lucifer what about that what about repenting of that what about all the other garbage he's done over the years the paula white affair and and, and all the fake false miracles that you know and how he you know leaves the prayer requests on the ground after they leave a stadium all the ways they fake healings and stuff like that. What about that? There's a lot to repent of if I'm Benny Hinn. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch. Okay, If I got what I deserve, I'd get death and hell. I've said that a lot. But, you know, Benny Hinn would need to be, do far more for me, personally, with my vast history of that devil, to convince me that he's truly repented than just saying I've, I've 
whatever on the prospect. Oh, so are you gonna are you gonna take a like a poverty vow now, Benny, and and give up your cars and your and all your houses and your jets and all that? Is that what you're really gonna do? I mean, if he did all those things, and and I really start seeing true repentance or whatever, and I'm not saying he'd have to like live in abject poverty. I'm just saying that you know, is he really serious about this? Would Kenneth Copeland give up his airport? Kenneth Copeland Airport, he's got one, and his jets and his fleet of Harley Davidson double motorcycles. Would he? I doubt it. You know, he's they're serving Lucifer well, and and it pays well. And they're deceiving the flock of Christ and, and, you know, accomplishing a wonderful thing for Satan. So that's, that's a lot, it's a lot to give up. Not only that, they're Luciferians and they like eating babies and stuff and drinking their blood. Once they've terrorized the baby, of course, and, you know, drink their adrenalized blood, the adrenochrome. So I've heard all those accounts over and over. I mean, I, I did the, the whole 20 hour tape on, on Kenneth Copeland and, and, and Benny Hinn and Dad Hagen and all the others where they're just, you know, totally proves that they're Satanists. It's up there on, on the thing. Toronto Blessing um, Unmasked, just key it in. Those are my tapes that a listener put up for me. Probably the last VHS tapes out there of that. 20 hours. No, and again, you could. that's just that research. That's not all the other research that's out there. So it's no great thing if if his ministers, Satan's ministers, be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Jeremiah 23, 1, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Well, that's pretty much the norm, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Now, you could say, yeah, but what about Joel Osteen that's got like 100,000 members, whatever he's got, okay? Well, hold on, let's read this closer. Hmm. Therefore, thus saith the Lord against the pastors that feed my people. Huh, you've scattered my flock. What about the 100,000? They're not, they're not God's people. They're lukewarm. I pray to God they get saved. But if you can sit under Joel Osteen's preaching and be good with that, and that's all you ever need, and not search out the scriptures, then how are you gods? Remember, God always has a remnant, but the remnant is a remnant. It's typically not very big. That's what the word kind of remnant means, doesn't it? It's the narrow way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. So, unfortunately, if you're in Joel Osteen's church, you know, you need to get saved and get right with God and get out of there. But see, what this is talking about is against the pastors that feed my people. Let's say you really were a true child of God and you went to Joel Osteen's church, okay? Let's say you got saved and that was the first church you went. You've scattered my flock. Well, you're comparing what the Bible says with what Joel's saying, and you realize, you know, this guy's not of God. He's, he's antichrist. He's of the devil. What do you do? You leave. So in churches like this, the flock, the true church, the true remnant scatters. 
And they all end up having their own little home Bible studies or home groups. You know how many people I've got that have emailed me over the years saying, where do I go? Where do I go to church? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Pray and fast about it. I don't know. I don't want to tell you to go to the wrong church and then it'd be a disaster. I want God, the Holy Spirit, to, to guide you into that decision. If there's one, you know, near you and you go there. But I don't have a network. I don't. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. That's what's coming for you, Joel and Benny and Kenneth and Creflo, give me a dollar. Joyce Meyer and all the others. Jude 3 and 4, Behold, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. And when I was going through all this stuff that I just covered about this um, sin of silence thing, that was the verse that really came into my head, that you earnestly contend for the faith. And that's how this ministry got its name. Essentially, contending for the truth, Com, continue for the faith. That's what we're supposed to do. When you earnestly contend for the faith, you will destroy the works of the devil, regardless of what your calling is. So you we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints, for there is a certain for there are certain men crept in unawares, creeping into the congregation who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Dare I say they were created for it. No, now that's going wrong. The Bible says vessels of wrath fitted. That word fitted means prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. All things were, were created for God. Yea, even the evil for the day of... Um, yea, even the, the wicked for the day of evil. I don't understand exactly how all that works, but God does. So they were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Why? Because God knows the beginning from the end. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord God into lasciviousness, meaning turning the grace of God into a license to sin, is kind of what it's saying here. And denying the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. What, like that Baptist preacher that just said the Bible is unreliable and cannot be trusted and we need to bring in the LGBT into our congregations and into the into the Christian colleges? I, I reported on that recently too. And then let's go bless abortion clinics and say that they're doing God's work. What, what, what planet are these people living on? Did they read the satanic Bible every day, to, every time they go to their congregation? They might as well, might as well just start. Well, I got a new Bible version this week, guys. Got a little, little twist here. I'm going to go over the 10 wicked commandments of Satan from the Anton LaVey satanic Bible, published on May 1st, which is Beltane, a high satanic holiday, 1966. Anton LaVey. Yeah. Why don't, why don't they, that's that's what's coming that's what's coming eventually just read the satanic bible from the pulpits why not you know let her rip tater chip 
you're going to be evil and wicked, just go all the way. At least then they won't have the facade of being a Christian. And then hopefully people will get out of there and wake up. It'd be better than this subtle, lukewarm garbage that's going on in the churches, which is damning people to hell, essentially. And these we've got masses of Christians. Let's say they're saved. Let's say they're Christians, but they're not fulfilling their calling because they don't think there's even a problem and that, you know, whatever. And so many trusting in pre-trib rapture, regardless of what you believe about it, it's not a license to do nothing, that's for sure. It's not a license to not earnestly contend for the faith and to not be salt and light and to not be a good soldier for Christ. It's not a, a license to do that. I'm not going to get into a theological argument about it or split from somebody because they don't think exactly like I believe or whatever, but a lot of people use pre-trip rapture as, well, we're going to, bless God, we're going to be out of here. You know, all these devils are going to, can, God can do with them what he wills. I mean, I've been in churches kind of like that, you know, they're just looking for that ticket out of here, man. And they're, but they're doing nothing for God in the meantime, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them are. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been in enough churches. I know. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And like I said, that could literally be next week. If we go into World War III and they shut the internet down and they control the narrative, that's all I'm saying. If what that David Goldberg guy said in October, I don't know. Hope it isn't. Hope there's enough prayer maybe in fasting to push. But if it's not in God's timetable, no amount of prayer and fasting, God might be saying, no, no, we, we, we're going to get this show on the road. I'm going to let it happen. The wicked's got to be revealed according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And the falling away of the church is already in full swing. We know that. Strong delusion is already here. So I can't put it off anymore. And it's preordained anyway, right? Because the book of Revelation and Daniel and all the other parts of the New Testament and, and in the Old that are prophetic and those, those prophecies, haven't been, those got to be fulfilled. So it's got to happen. Nothing we can do about it. but we are to earnestly contend for the faith till our dying breath. Because the night is coming when no man can work. And again, I'm not date setting about next month, but I'm just telling you, man, they're moving all the stuff over. They're doing exactly what we talked about here. It looks like they're on schedule to me. Now, maybe a big monkey wrench will come into that. I don't know. But I'm telling you, when World War III, I'd be very, very, very surprised if we're in full-blown World War III that ministries like mine would be allowed to exist and, and alternative media in general because I think they're going to want to really control the narrative. That internet kill switch is going to probably kick in and um, they're not going to want dissenting opinion. Now, I could be wrong. I hope I am. Uh, I'll give everybody a big hug in heaven when I see them. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is where we're at. It's, just, it's almost the norm. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. It's pretty much where we're at. 
Matthew 12, 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So it's very self-judgment is very important for a Christian. Proverbs 17, 15, he that justifieth the wicked, and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Oh, you mean like the Baptist preacher that just said the Bible can't be trusted and we need to bring in the LGBTs and, and the ones that are marching in the gay parades now and justifying the wicked and blessing the abortion clinics? You mean that kind of justifying the wicked? Yeah, that. And at the same time, I'm sure they would condemn the just because if they're going to march in a gay parade, they're going to hate my guts because I actually want to try to be fundamental and earnestly contend for the faith. So they're going to hate my guts and say, I'm not Christian. I'm not operating in love. I love you enough to tell you the truth, but am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16. Well, yeah, most of the time when you tell somebody the truth, you will become their enemy. Especially if it's a very deeply held truth. You know, that they have clung to, that they've based their lives on, that they may maybe have been deceived about. It's not truth, it's a lie they've believed, but you tell them the truth and it's like, oh, okay, wow, where did that demon come from? Saw it with my grandma firsthand, my grandma Myers. Tried to send her some stuff about the Catholic religion she'd been a part of for so long. And man, oh man, I never saw that side of her, ever, in my life. Sweetest lady. Woo! Wow. Grandma Myers. Man. You know? I don't know. I hope she got saved. I, I, she was on her, she was in the, last time I saw her, she was in the uh, nursing home. And I gave her a MP3 player that I had custom put my teaching on my mom and my dad's passing. I put that into that and I said, Grandma, do me, please do me this favor. This is about my mom and dad passing away. This is my testimony on them that they're up on the thing. Just can my mom's passing or my dad's passing. You can hear about that. And, um, you know, please listen to this. I don't know if she did. I don't know. But man, I, I mean, I had done several things way before that on the, the Catholic side to try to, but you know, that's, you can only do so much, you know. You can't force somebody to get saved. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, you know, when you do something like that, you should, praying fast is always going to help that process. Going further, um, Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, which is, you know, everything we've been talking about. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. See, now darkness is called light. You know, darkness like sodomy and, you know. Pretty soon they'll be, the, the church will be marching for the, the child molesters' rights, you know, to rape children. That's where it's all heading, ultimately. Satan will never get enough. Never. He'll get enough, though, when he's in the lake of fire. He'll, he'll get plenty there. <laughs> all of his devils and demons and fallen angels too yeah yeah 
Because I like to remind him of that. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. I like to remind the satanic kingdom of that little scripture there. Their future. It's your future home, buddy. It's called hating evil. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And again, not because I'm some gold standard, but, you know, I hate evil. I hate this garbage wickedness that I consider it a very, a great honor and a privilege to present it to you. But I, I, the fact, I, I hate the, the wickedness I have to report on. Just like you, I'm sure, you know, it's not like music to your ears, but it is truth. It is truth. The U.S. Supreme Court did not destroy marriage. Marriage was on the ropes long before that. The legalization of no-fault divorce ushered in the tsunami of alternative marriages. The church's acceptance of such marriages opened the floodgates and the deluge washed away the natural family. Every great moral evil that has cascaded down on the American society met very little resistance from the Christian clergy who had been called to stop it. Overall, I'm sure that there are pockets where they were trying to resist, but they didn't have the numbers. They didn't have the numbers of people probably praying and fasting primarily and also just the sheer numbers well they were all yoked up with the government at that point with their 501c3 exemption so if satan gives you your right to exist the government essentially and there's no bible for any of that yoking up with the government as a church and, and going to the government begging the government oh please mr government give me a right to be a church there's no bible for that at all Key in 501c3 at contendingfortruth.com. Done tons of studies on that. Well, then you're, you become a slave to your master. And this is why the 501c3 church is so gelded and impotent and powerless overall. Not all, but they need to get off that train. It's all going on to the train of the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. They're all on the same train tracks. So they better get off sooner rather than later if I was them. I've never went that route ever. Nor will I ever. Every great moral evil that has cascaded down in American society met with very little resistance from the Christian clergy who had been called to stop it. The SCOTUS removed prayer from our schools and the church did little to stop it. They removed the Bible from the schools and mum was the word. Abortion um, and then the removal of the Ten Commandments, the destruction of marriage roared over the hill like Niagara Falls with only a cursory complaint from most men in the pulpit. Exposing evil is in the is the duty of Christians. I couldn't agree more. I'm a little bit biased in that area, I must admit though. <laughs> Every evil enveloping us today was done with the approval and the acceptance of the majority of the American church. Silence is consent. Consent with evil is cowardly and treasonous to Christ. America is paying a heavy price. The American pastorate has traded their black robes for yellow ones. I believe they ended up, they wore like black robes back in the day. You know, they're called the black robe regiment, I believe. Anyway, uh, for yellow ones, meaning they're yellow cowards. Silence isn't golden. Silence, silence is yellow. Silence is sin. And that's from Coach Dobbemeyer. So that's some good preaching. 
Now, I added those Bible verses into that report. Um, those were the ones when I saw them, God convicted me about adding in. So that's all I'm going to go ahead and cover for today. I'm so far over on time on this. I hope this uploads okay, this part. But God bless you, and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio study. God bless you, and I'm praying for you all.